lecture eight encouragements to patience he that is patient is governed with much wisdom but he that is impatient exalteth his folly proverbs chapter fourteen verse twenty nine there are two christian virtues whose names sound unpleasantly to the sensual man humility is one of them and patience is the other if the cross is an offence to him it is because it is the expression of these two virtues sanctified and enforced by the divine example of god in man sensuality of life breeds self-love in the heart and weakens the whole man with irritability by their fretful pressure on the soul these two disorders produce an immense amount of self-consciousness and bring down the life of the spirit to a feeble state humility relieves the spiritual system from those evil humours and patience restores it to strength but self-love and impatience are cowardly vices that shrink with insane fear from the health-giving labours of humility and patience a child dislikes the medicine that gives him health and the tasks that give him understanding and the sensual man is little better than a child his sensual feelings rule his mind he has neither the inward sincerity that humility gives nor the inward strength that patience gives nothing but the strong grace of god can give him heart to conquer his weaknesses and courage to embrace the patience that will strengthen him yet if he will only ask this will be given him and then the cross will become to him the consoling sign of life what is this christian patience that any man should be afraid of it it is the defensive armour of the christian soul unlike the stiff armour of pride it is pliant as well as strong flexible but impenetrable not cumbrous by its weight but light as air to carry bright from its celestial origin like the armour of angels not of earthly metal but of spiritual power not covering the body but woven through the soul it is a divinely given habit that gives the soul her security and is only formidable to her enemies obtained of god it gives the christian man his character so completely does the habit of patience form and perfect the character of the christian man so thoroughly does it furnish the test of his faith as well as of his charity that st paul has not failed to point this out in his own example to his favourite disciple timothy for this cause he says i have obtained mercy that in me first christ jesus might show forth all patience for the information of them that shall believe in him unto life everlasting one timothy chapter one verse sixteen and the great apostle appeals to his patience as one of the chief signs of the power of god working in his infirmity the signs of my apostleship have been wrought on you in all patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds two corinthians chapter twelve verse twelve the wonderful character which their patience and constancy gave to the early christians under those privations afflictions and sufferings which their faith brought upon them was something so new and so surprising that it struck the mind of the pagan world and led many to inquire by what divine power this marvellous change of character had been effected it was a fact so notorious that in his apologia for the christians addressed to the authorities of the roman empire tertullian makes it the subject of his final appeal that constancy he says with which you reproach us as though it were obstinacy is the christian teacher who when he reflects on this constancy is not struck by it who in thus reflecting is not led to inquire what can be the cause of it in these christians who when he has found out the cause does not join them 
who when he has joined them does not wish to suffer the same things and that with the view of obtaining the whole grace of god and complete forgiveness in exchange for his blood for all sins are forgiven to the patient work of suffering and for this reason the moment you pronounce your judgments upon us we give thanks to god your conflict with us is that of human with divine power when you condemn us god absolves us the sum of the christian character we repeat with saint maximus is to return love for love and patience for injury whoever is most patient will be the greatest in the kingdom of god this law of perfection our lord introduced when he taught us to love our enemies and to pray for our persecutors that we may be like to our heavenly father who overcomes evil with good that patient suffering brings the highest of all rewards our lord also taught us on a special occasion when the mother of james and john asked that her two sons might sit on his right hand and his left in his kingdom he asked can you drink of the cup that i shall drink st matthew chapter twenty verse twenty two plainly intimating that those who suffered most with him in the most patient charity would be the greatest in his kingdom and he crowned his beatitudes with the declaration that those who suffered most for his sake were to rejoice and be glad because their reward should be very great in heaven divinely helped and divinely motived this virtue of patience is a sublime imitation of god all the grander because it is a combat for life against the death-working frailties of nature it gives power to the will to keep the way of justice serenity to the mind to see the way to god regulation to the powers and discipline to life fortitude is the gift of the holy ghost and patience trains the power of fortitude giving unity consistency and harmony to the soul and conquest over everything in our nature that lifts itself against the will of god the gifts of knowledge understanding counsel and wisdom are brought into vital action through patience whatever possibilities of good have been planted by god in our nature they are brought into act and duty by that charity which is patient the patience of god is most wonderful it belongs to his goodness and wisdom how can creatures so weak and impatient as we are understand that sovereign patience it belongs to the moral power of omnipotence it is an element of that eternal charity which is the life of god how infinite the goodness which made such weak and inconstant creatures knowing that only through his infinite patience with them can they be brought out of their misery to his happiness consider with what patience he upholds every creature lest through its inherent weakness it fall back into nothingness be astonished when you consider that patience with which god endures sustains and endows with benefits those myriads of intelligent creatures who made for him have turned his bounties against him and have given themselves up to vice and folly if from the remote and obscure point of view at which we are placed our wonder at that sovereign patience is so great what would be our amazement were we placed in the full light of god and in that light could see the hearts of the multitude of his dependent creatures as god beholds them and the divine patience with which he deals with them how profoundly significant of that merciful patience are the words which god spoke to noah after the subsidence of the deluge i will no longer curse the earth for the sake of man for the imagination and thought of man's heart are prone to evil from their youth therefore i will no more destroy every living soul as i have done genesis chapter eight verse twenty one 
god spoke the word of his eternal patience in view of the redemption and salvation prepared in his son the word of his bosom having made man free to be the author of his own acts he saw that sin would abound he joined his patience with his mercy that his grace and justice might more abound his patience delays his justice that his mercy may have its course and that enduring us whilst plunged in evil the magnificent grace and cross of his son may rise us out of our malice and make us the inheritors of his glory we could never be the children of his mercy if we were not first the subjects of his patience in refraining from punishing our iniquities god reserves his justice and sending his merciful grace awaits our return to better things he has not even removed those good things far from us but patiently keeps them at our doors always waiting for our repentance always ready for our acceptance in our mind he leaves the precious light of reason in our christian mind the far more precious light of faith that when we return to them from our wild wanderings we may find his truth and come back to his patient mercy behold with what silent patience our god endures the abuse of his magnificent gifts the perversion of reason the neglect of faith the swelling pride and the corrupting sensuality that blot and defile those luminous blessings with dark ingratitude from his high heavens the most patient god of mercy sends those healing and restoring graces the purchase of the patient sufferings of his son to cleanse us from errors and evils and fill us with the virtues of a holy life the complement of those spiritual blessings are the gifts of his holy spirit enveloped in the fire of charity the gift of fortitude that we may adhere to god and by imitating his patience we may resist sin and may suffer with great reward and the gift of wisdom whereby we may both know and feel the value of things eternal as compared with the things of this sublunary world yet notwithstanding all that god has done for us notwithstanding all that christ has suffered for us notwithstanding the celestial gifts with which he has endowed us we have still great need of the infinite patience of god waiting and helping still waiting and helping long waiting our conversion and helping our infirmity that we may turn from the weak elements of the world and come to the divine things of our peace for the lord is compassionate and merciful long-suffering and plenteous in mercy he knoweth our frame he remembereth that we are dust psalm 102 verses 8 through 14 if we have not those divine things in abundance it is because we have not courage to imitate the divine patience that charity may be perfected and evil kept at a distance what evil have we ever known experienced or heard of that did not demonstrate the patience of god and the loss of patience in man whilst the unbeliever affects to be scandalized at the patience of god and blind to the truth that his patience belongs to his goodness and uses his patience profanely as an argument against his goodness that most merciful and blessed patience is a profound instruction and an unbounded consolation to the faithful soul for god bears with all this evil to exercise the patience of the just and to give the unjust time to return to justice though silent to the senses he is not silent in the conscience there his voice is heard there he rebukes the ungrateful there through their own reason he judges them through their fears he binds them through their remorse he torments them say not says the wise man i have sinned and what evil has befallen me for the most high is a patient rewarder 
ecclesiasticus chapter five verse four o sinner look within thee and thou wilt find thyself desolate listen within thee and thou wilt find that the patient god is thy terror absent from thy heart he speaketh to thy conscience despisest thou the riches of his goodness and patience and long-suffering knowest thou not that the benignity of god leadeth thee to repentance romans chapter two verse four yet if the sinner will not repent but will abuse the merciful patience that waits for him then the words of holy job come home to him god hath given him place for repentance and he abuseth it unto pride but his eyes are upon his ways job chapter twenty four verse twenty three as the reason of man is no measure of the revelation of god the patience of man is no measure of the patience of god his mercy all things of time with all their times are equally present to his undivided and eternal life with whom there is no change nor shadow of alteration what is perfect is unchangeable the patience of god is unchangeable but we with our little patience are the subjects of time and change and impatience always changes us for the worse change like death destroys what went before if the change come from god it is a happy change it makes us better than before if it comes from impatience it makes us worse than before but whoever by patience adheres to god is saved from the changes that make us worse by union with the unchangeable good whereby we always change to better things this truth inspired st paul when he wrote these remarkable words to them who according to patience in good works seek glory and honour and incorruption eternal life romans chapter two verse seven which words st john chrysostom interprets of the constancy and perseverance that calmly pursues what is good resists temptation endures trial and refuses the will to every disturbing element awaiting in patience the coming of eternal life the good which the divine majesty contemplates in his patience with sinners is magnificent but awful st paul has gone into the profound depths of the divine patience in the following sentences what if god willing to show his wrath and make his power known endureth with much patience vessels of wrath fitted for destruction that he might show the riches of his glory in the vessels of mercy which he hath prepared for his glory romans chapter nine verses twenty two and twenty three it is not god who makes those vessels to be vessels of wrath they make themselves to be such when they fill themselves with the filth of sin and god endures them with much patience he endures them that if they turn to him he may make them vessels of mercy meanwhile they become instruments to try the patience of god's servants and so to perfect them but if during the time that the much patience of god allows them they will not return to him then says the apostle according to thy hardness and impenitent heart thou treasurest up to thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the just judgment of god romans chapter two verse five most consoling to the penitent most terrible to the impenitent are the ways of god's patience wherefore the almighty father gave all patience to his son who put it to full exercise and carried it to the utmost for our salvation and then gave it to us in grace with his example and he enlightened the power of the gift with the precept in your patience you shall possess your souls every man is a man in so far only as he holds the free possession of his soul every woman is truly a woman only in so far as she possesses her soul in peace 
the christian is so far a true christian as he possesses his soul in god so that the world cannot take hold of him and the secret of this self-possession is in the patience which gives him a beautiful resemblance to christ but there is a much deeper resemblance to christ in the patient endurance of evils and even a much greater participation with christ in his work of saving souls than appears on the surface conscious of this in the depths of his inspired soul the great apostle boldly says i rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up those things that are wanting in the sufferings of christ in my flesh for his body which is the church colossians chapter one verse twenty four the apostle does not say that there was anything wanting in the sufferings of christ on the contrary in another place he teaches that god perfected the author of our salvation by his passion hebrews chapter two verse ten he says that by his sufferings he fills up those things that are wanting to christ in his body the church this opens a grand view into the whole economy of suffering as well as into the profound significance of patience christ is the head the church his body united with the head into which the truth spirit and life of christ descend and are diffused through his members giving to the church one organic life with christ animated by his spirit living by his virtue and although every member is not equally animated with his spirit but some more some less yet all who are in the unity of his body partake in some degree of his spirit by faith if not by charity he is present with his church and teaches through his church his grace animates the church and produces those divine virtues which imitate his own the sufferings which he endured the church in her members endures that in all things the church as his body may exhibit his own life and death to the father for this cause the church seems always dying to the world whilst always living unto god for christ our lord not only perfected his own patience by his sufferings but he receives all the sufferings endured by his members for his sake incorporates them with his own endows them with his merits and thus gives them a communion with his own proportioned to their loving patience for in virtue of his grace and love they are made holy and sacred through these patient sufferings the church is propagated and defended her members perfected and she herself is made like to christ in his patient life and passion and especially in his endurance of the cross and when as head of all he shall offer all that he has redeemed and sanctified to the father among the richest offerings will be the patient sufferings of his saints united with his own as the head and body of the church are mystically one one is the passion of christ with the sufferings of the church borne by his grace and through his presence in her members in her apostles martyrs saints and faithful members the church suffers in christ through christ with christ and for christ he sanctifies those sufferings and makes them fruitful not only what is suffered externally from his enemies and in the sight of men but what is endured internally with patience for his sake and for the sake of the virtues is united with the interior sufferings of christ and is sanctified by his grace and acceptance an offering to god how completely christ makes the patient sufferings of his members his own he has himself taught us in most touching terms to those who feed the hungry clothe the naked harbour the harbourless comfort the sick or console the afflicted he says amen i say to you as long as you did it to one of these my least brethren you did it to me st matthew chapter twenty five verse forty 
and when saul raged against the church and persecuted her members christ said to him why persecutest thou me making the sufferings of the members of the church his own in her deep sense of the divine things within her bosom the church therefore takes a grand and lofty view of the benefits that spring from the patient sufferings of her children our whole redemption and salvation rest on sufferings united with the patience of charity they have a most mysterious power of destroying evil and producing good the book of revelations is the prophetical history of the sufferings of the church through the ages in which the suffering faithful look up in adoration to the lamb who was slain and who hath redeemed us in his blood and the whole history of the church militant is finally summed up in this sentence here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus apocalypse chapter fourteen verse twelve as there is a great communication of evil in the world there is a great communion of good in the church we neither pray suffer nor do good works for ourselves alone from patient suffering when it is endured in christ there is a diffusion of expiatory good beyond what we can fathom st paul suffered exceedingly for the church at large and this generous motive gave him joy and consolation explicitly or implicitly all the servants of god suffer for the church as well as for themselves for as the apostle teaches we are all of us the body of christ and if one member suffer anything all the members suffer with it or if one member glory all the members rejoice with it one corinthians chapter twelve verse twenty six and as all the members are united together in christ whoever lays his sufferings with patient humility on the cross of jesus obtains from his blood a rich merit not only for himself but also for the needy members of the church which the vicar of christ distributes in his name in their hardness of heart the communion of the wicked treasure up wrath against the day of wrath but the communion of the just treasure up good works and patient sufferings for the day of reward the wicked with their selfish vices spread the communication of evil far and wide the just spread far and wide the communication of their good and are generous with their prayers and unselfish sufferings to all who stand in need of mercy what a contrast between these two communions what an opposition between these treasures the evil treasure is from evil hearts the good treasure from good hearts the one flows from selfishness and malice the other from charity and patience the one is the dark subterranean treasure of wrath that must be finally sepulchred in hell the other the bright treasure of patient love laid up in heaven where christ unites the glorified sufferings of his servants with his own many things are wanting to the sufferings of christ's body the church before its glory is completed they are wanting to perfect its likeness to christ they are wanting to perfect his virtue in his members they are wanting to draw unbelievers and sinners to his mercy they are wanting to complete the sanctification of his elect they are wanting that he may present his church to god the father glorified with victory and bearing on her members the scars and wounds of the fight of patience these the apostles and servants of god fill up by their preaching suffering and patience but according to the divine plan there are also other sufferings wanted that the sufferings of christ may be daily and more plentifully applied to souls for the sufferings of patient souls are a great prayer pleading for souls with a deeper voice than tongues can utter every one of the faithful whose soul is in charity applies to himself the satisfaction of christ by his prayers by his good works and by his sufferings 
but in a more special manner by his sufferings and so satisfies for the penalties due to his sins but after he has received the pardon of his sins and has satisfied for their penalties all of which rests on the satisfaction of christ and is commingled with that divine satisfaction what remains of good works and patient suffering is applicable to other souls that stand in need of assistance this belongs to the communion of saints and to the members of the church but they are applicable only through the sufferings and satisfactions of christ as of the members through the head thus as a king honours his faithful servants by giving them a share in his power and government christ honours his devoted servants associates them with himself and gives them a share in the service of the church and in the great work of satisfaction not indeed as primary but as secondary and subordinate causes working through his power and through the merits of his sufferings it is in this sense that st paul says i fill up those things that are wanting in the sufferings of christ in my flesh for his body which is the church there is nothing that we suffer for the honour of god however little it may be that is not more serviceable to us than if we possess the dominion of the world but suffering must be unselfish and when suffered for god it must be sacrificial wherefore in repayment for what little we endure with loving patience god will give us nothing less than himself knowing as we do how much and how cheerfully the saints suffered for god's sake we should equally remember that they were frail mortals like ourselves the arm of god is not shortened he is as ready to help us as he was to help them but if we shrink from the pain and patience of suffering let this reflection confound us that it is not because we cannot but because we will not suffer for god's sake for god is not less powerful or less willing to help us than he was to help them reflect again that god would not have us suffer anything for his sake that is not both useful and fruitful to ourselves reflect once more that however great our trial or affliction may be and our interior trials are the greatest the son of god bore them first and permits them for our good they are easy to bear when we once understand that they come from the hand of god no adversity can befall us that is not in a certain way repugnant to the divine nature and this makes it all the more certain that god would never permit adversity to come upon us were it not that he sees the great fruit that we may obtain from it for affliction does not please god because it is affliction but only because of the incorruptible good to which it brings us a good that he has ordained from eternity as the providence of god sends the burden that we bear and as he who endured all things for our sake bears the burden of every one's trials who is resigned to him the cross with its affliction is made sweet and divine and the sufferer learns from it to be indifferent to contempt or honour to the experience of bitter or of sweet things and by his likeness to christ becomes divine through the spirit of god that moves within him it would be long and beyond the scope of these lectures to enter upon the history of the patience of the saints whoever loves this essential virtue will not fail to trace that history in the holy scriptures and the lives of the saints but we must not pass over what we can learn of the patience of the greatest and most perfect of the saints every act and word of the blessed virgin mary that has reached us breathes the most exquisite meekness and tranquillity through which the most perfect patience is revealed there was a tradition in the early church that she was very silent and spoke only at the call of charity of this habit of silent recollection st luke gives us some information 
contemplate that silent chamber with mary in modest recollection the sudden presence of the archangel and the trouble in her heart at the salutation the heavenly messenger dispels her maiden fears and however mighty however awful the mystery in which she is invited to share in calm simplicity of heart she bends herself down to the divine will in the words behold the handmaid of the lord be it done to me according to thy word yet upon that stupendous mystery of which she was the subject she is silent to joseph and to all the world leaving its revelation to god in his own good time and patiently in the meanwhile enduring misconstruction and reproach her profoundly contemplative spirit of which fortitude is the moral basis is made known to us through her sublime canticle the magnificat there we read the clear profundity of her humility in the enraptured sweetness of her gratitude there we see the sublime height of her intuition into the ends contemplated by the divine incarnation already accomplished in her bosom she is full of god and in a few burning sentences sums up the light of the prophets of all past ages after that burst of humility and gratitude all melted into praise that moved her pure soul in ways unspeakable we see in her words the word incarnate putting the mighty down from their seats dispersing the proud and lifting up the humble we see him filling those who hunger for justice with good things and sending away empty those who glory in their riches we see the promises of god to the patriarchs fulfilled and the true israel received to mercy the whole mission of her son is unrolled before our eyes after the birth of her son st luke tells us all that heard wondered and that those things that were told them by the shepherds but mary kept all these words pondering them in her heart all are talking and wondering around her she is thinking in god as the archangel proclaimed her full of grace and prepared her for the full presence of the holy ghost we are not left to conjecture her fortitude and patience besides we see it all in the rude cave of bethlehem what a trial was that sudden command in the night to fly to egypt with all her solicitude about her infant son there to dwell in poverty in that strange heathen land there to wait in all patience and uncertainty for the divine command to return what a touching incident was that of her three days sorrowing at the loss of her son and what a consolation when she found him in the temple there was already a shadow from the three days of his passion upon her soul she piously follows her son throughout his travels labors ministry and sorrows and whatever contradictions insults and persecutions he endured in his person she suffered in her heart for the prophecy of simeon was fulfilled from first to last this child is set for the fall and for the resurrection of many in israel and for a sign which shall be contradicted and thy own soul a sword shall pierce st luke chapter two verses eighteen and nineteen and verses thirty four and thirty five the whole strength of her patience and fortitude is expressed in one sentence of the gospel st john tells us there stood by the cross of jesus his mother and his mother's sister mary cleophas and mary magdalene st john chapter nineteen verse twenty five there close by the cross stood the mother of jesus in the midst of the most awful scene of sacrilege and violence that the world has ever witnessed among the rough executioners and coarse pagan soldiers surrounded by the maddened crowd mocking jeering with loud clamoring and rude gestures scoffing close by the cross stood the mother of jesus the apostles had fled in terror john alone remained bound by his love of jesus and of mary 
nailed upon that cross with the thorns around his head torn by the stripes worn with protracted sufferings was jesus her son and the son of god he was pierced with five wounds she threw all her senses to the soul yet she stood her fortitude and patience are divine and reveal the whole virtue of her innocent life her sister mary cleophas and mary magdalene stand by her the faithful companions of her sorrow and distress they cling in great faith and constancy to jesus and would not desert him in his tremendous day of sacrifice they stand by his mother pierced through all her being with that great agony the mother by the son making her oblation with his sacrifice and receiving his dying words until he expires between two criminals and thy own soul a sword shall pierce that out of many hearts thoughts may be revealed nothing strikes with such a depth into the soul as the passion of our lord and saviour nothing cuts into our follies so effectually nothing implants in us a wisdom so divine through the sufferings of jesus we see straight into eternity and behold the compassion of god for us miserable sinners there we see the cost of sin and the value of immortal souls to love the sufferings of christ and his patience is to bring his spirit into our heart with great energy and light from his cross he reveals the grand truth to our soul that patience hath a perfect work from the cross he inspires us with the love of patience from the cross he grants us patience when we contemplate the son of god with his spirit exalted above his sufferings and see the heart of the mother exalted to him above her sufferings we feel the healing power of patience and through the patience of the son we see the patience of the father who permits these cruelties for our salvation both in the son and in the mother you feel the divine power of resignation these words thy will be done when they spring from the surrender of all to god bring to the soul a peace and courage that are not without a tasting of the goodness of god why are great trials allowed except to bring the soul to devout acts of resignation this pure resignation as the experienced tolerus observes brings the soul straight to god establishes her in god and makes her conformable to god nor can that soul seek the pure honour of god without respect to her own enjoyment or without a sense of god in her own spirit however hidden it may be true devotion therefore consists in true and most humble resignation and this includes self-abnegation whether we abound in consolation or are left in penury and desolation so that whatever befalls we always abide with god in peace it was thus st paul knew how to abound and how to suffer need secure in god who strengthened him when temptations come and are neither sought nor desired be neither alarmed nor disheartened the virtues are perfected by their conflicts with evil it is useful that god should leave us those evil propensities that we may manfully resist them not by facing them not by prying into them not by giving them countenance in any way but by turning away from them and patiently adhering to god they thus drive us to god when we are the least disposed to seek him and for this lawful striving a great reward is prepared when the crops of the field have endured the rigours of winter they become stronger and more fruitful and it is not every one who can come to perfection without rude conflicts with temptation the words of eliphaz were not applicable to holy job but to many weak souls they have come home with too much truth the scourge is come upon thee and thou faintest it has touched thee and thou art troubled 
where is thy fear thy fortitude thy patience and the perfection of thy ways job chapter four verses five and six these are the soft and tender souls that have lived in sensible devotions who stand in need of trials not only to strengthen their virtues but to drive them out of themselves that by stress of trial they may draw nigh to god without such trials they never can be perfected it is quite certain as the devout blosius observes that persons who have a natural propensity to vice and consequently find it a labour to keep the imagination free from vain and foolish images that imprint their colours on the inferior soul when they strive in earnest to mortify themselves and get rid of those intrusions become much more vigorous in virtue than those who are not troubled with such propensities or besieged with such imaginations a statue that has been carved with laborious patience and perseverance into perfect form out of a block of marble is far more precious than the same figure moulded with ease from a lump of soft wax the more difficult the material out of which the soul is perfected the more glorious will be the work when completed hence those who have striven the most vigorously against themselves though they may leave this world imperfect and have to be purified in the next will obtain a much higher place in heaven than those who have not striven with the same energy and patience even though these last should reach heaven without any need of purgation sometimes even souls that are more perfect will feel inordinate movements in their inferior nature or animal senses to which their whole reason and will is opposed a tempest may rage in the inferior nature whilst the superior man is at peace such things do occur and are displeasing to the will but let not that soul imagine that the grace of god has left her for god often promotes the salvation of his elect by things that to the sufferer seem contrary to salvation hence he sometimes permits those foul and infernal temptations that are a horror to the soul amid such involuntary trials the devout soul will resign herself to god adhere to god and abide in her superior nature and will omit neither her good works nor the holy communion for as long as the soul refuses her consent she suffers no injury the imagination may be beset even with blasphemies and other absurd follies suggestions of the evil one and they may almost seem to speak with a human voice still let the soul not trouble herself any more than if they were so many flies buzzing about the face and let her turn to god if they grow urgent and vehement sign the cross look to our lord's passion and say to him keep my heart immaculate that i may not be confounded there may be even a yet more terrible trial in your hour of desolation it may seem to your fancy that god has abandoned you and that to your feelings he would seem to say you please me no more and i quit you yet even then must you not abandon your patient trust in your heavenly father but must say with holy job in full faith even though he slay me i will trust in him but yet will i reprove my ways in his sight job chapter thirteen verse fifteen for why has this trial come but to strengthen your faith and your hope and to awaken a deeper sense in you of your nothingness apart from god why has it made you desolate but to bring you into the exercise of that fundamental patience and draw out of you that profound resignation which searching your nature deeply will enable the grace of god to penetrate secretly indeed but into the very essence of your soul we may now sum up the value of patient and resigned suffering in the language of the devout and learned blosius number one nothing more valuable can befall a man than tribulation 
when it is endured with patience for the love of god because there is no more certain sign of the divine election but this should be understood quite as much of internal as of external trials which people of a certain kind of piety are apt to forget number two it is the chain of patient sufferings that forms the ring with which christ espouses a soul to himself number three there is such a dignity in suffering for god's sake that we ought to account ourselves unworthy of an honour so great number four good works are of great value but even those lesser pains and trials that are endured with peace and patience are more valuable than many good works number five every sorrowful trial bears some resemblance to the most excellent passion of our lord jesus christ and when it is endured with patience it makes him who endures it a more perfect partaker of the passion of his lord and saviour number six tribulation opens the soul to the gifts of god and when they are received tribulation preserves them number seven what we now suffer god has from eternity foreseen and has ordained that we should suffer in this way and not in any other way would he allow the least adversity to fall upon his children or to come within them or the least breath of wind to blow upon them that he saw was inexpedient for their salvation heat and cold hunger and thirst infirmities and afflictions all these and each of them whenever they befall the servants of god come not only to purify but to adorn their souls number eight the artist lays his lines and colours in lights and shades upon the canvas to set forth some beautiful production of his genius the noble maiden is adorned with rich garments set with gold and jewels for her nuptials so god adorns his elect whom he separates unto himself investing them with the magnificent virtues produced by sufferings like those with which he adorned his well-beloved son wherefore all affliction and bitterness must be borne with cheerful patience as they are so much better than the pains of purgatory or the eternal flames number nine one of the friends of god has said when any one feels affliction or sorrow and is humbly resigned to god this resignation is like a harp that gives out sweet-sounding notes and the holy spirit brings out a canticle that resounds melodiously though secretly in the hearing of our heavenly father the lower chords strung in the inferior nature of the man send forth low and mournful notes of grief but the higher chords strung in the superior powers of the soul are full of devotion and resound with the free and soaring notes of patient resignation to the glorious will of god the sensible nature is crucified and sighs over its sufferings but the rational spirit praises god in peace for those fiery afflictions that consume the marrow and the bones prepare the soul for close union with god and as fire prepares wax to receive new forms these trials prepare the soul to receive a better likeness of god nothing can receive the form of another until its own form is put away and before the divine artist can imprint the most noble image of his glory on the soul that soul must give up the image of the old adam with pain and suffering that she may be supernaturally changed and transformed the almighty prepares her therefore for this happy transformation by severe adversities having decreed to adorn her after this divine transformation with the divinest gifts so great a change cannot be effected by soft and soothing baths but by plunging her into a sea of bitterness yet all are not brought into the same depths of interior trial nor are all subjected to the like accumulation of external afflictions 
these are god's special favours to souls marked out for great perfection and consequently for a large share of the cross and glory of christ to these divine purifications it may be truly said that many are called but few are chosen feebler souls are treated in gentler ways some god conducts more in the way of consolation than in the way of the cross others because of their stronger nature require greater purification others again because faithful to the gift of fortitude can endure more for the love of god but in this world or the next must every soul be perfectly purified before her admittance to the open glory of god it by no means follows that the strongest natures whether strong in body or in mind have the greatest share assigned them of the cross and sufferings of christ these favours are granted to those who are faithful to the strongest graces hence we often see them bestowed on persons of feeble frame or of simple mind in whom as true lovers of the cross grace triumphs over nature in admirable ways saint gertrude was divinely instructed that sometimes when god would favour a soul by abiding with her when she is not constant in abiding with him he sends her troubles or pains of body or soul to change her spirit that she may be able to abide with him these are the mysterious ways of god's grace and goodness for the lord is nigh to them who are of a contrite heart psalm thirty three verse nineteen and of such he says he shall cry to me and i will hear him i am with him in his trouble psalm ninety verse fifteen there is one instruction more and of great importance that may be given in the words of st catherine of siena the pains that people suffer in this world are chiefly inflictions because the will is inordinate if the will were in its right place in its just order and in due accordance with the will of god the soul with such a will would be in a certain manner free from pain for although one endowed with a will so holy and well regulated still feels labour and sorrow yet he bears all this just as if he had no pain because he endures it most willingly and with clear knowledge that he is suffering by the holy will and permission of god his mind is free he has no anxiety about what he so well understands and his will is united with the will of god affliction and pain depend upon how we take them a man is only afflicted through having what he is unwilling to have or through not having what he desires to have take his self-will away and his spirit becomes tranquil and enjoys peace we cannot better conclude this lecture than with the commendations given to the virtue of patience by saint cyprian the holy bishop and martyr of carthage after carefully weighing the goods of patience and the evils of impatience let us hold fast to the full discipline of patience that we may abide in christ and come through christ to god this virtue is so abundant and so manifold that it cannot be kept within narrow bounds or be forced into shrunken conditions it is a far-reaching virtue whose large abundance proceeds from one divine fountain but the streams thereof spread through many paths of glory in our actions and praises nothing can be complete unless the firmness of patience be there to give it perfection patience is that virtue which commends us to god and keeps us with god it smooths down anger keeps the tongue obedient governs the mind maintains peace and upholds us in good discipline it breaks down the assaults of concupiscence holds back the soul from the swellings of pride and extinguishes the hidden flames of hatred in the rich and the mighty it restrains the abuse of power in the poor it fosters content with their lot 
it protects the blessed integrity of virgins the laborious chastity of widowhood and the united charity of married life it makes us humble in prosperity strong in adversity and mild against insults and injuries the patient one is prompt to forgive and ready to ask pardon where offence has been given by patience we are made strong to resist temptation to endure persecution to consummate suffering to perfect martyrdom for justice sake this virtue gives to faith its firm ground and strong foundations sublimely elevates the growth of hope and directs our energies to follow on the path of christ in imitation of his long endurance it gives the spirit of perseverance to the children of god whereby we imitate the patience of our heavenly father